I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Kia ora everyone, welcome back to Culture Vulture, your bona fide favourite pop culture podcast and we're not on the road anymore Liv and it feels amazing. It feels fucking good loose. oh my god. I, I'm not going to lie though. Last week, not to guess us up right off the bat, but last week's episode. Not to guess the- us up right off the bat, your bona fide favourite <laughs> podcast in the whole fucking world. Not to anyway. guess us up twice right off the bat, but the <laughs> podcast we did in the camper van, I have, not that I've listened to it back, but when we were doing it, either we were slightly cray. I think we were. because or it we, was really good. Honestly, we had like, what, an hour gap between like events. Event, that event, day we events. had five events or something. We've and already then talked we were about just, it. Yeah, <laughs> squished it all in. The sound quality was probably oh, shit. Yeah. So Sorry, anyway. Ruby, but, um, anyway, we're back in the studio. Feels amazing. We're coming at you with some, some BTS chat. We are. Some military chat. Mm. Unique. That should be on the shit Unique show, Unique culture vulture. But, you know, BTS, K-pop, fandoms, all intertwined. Yes. But first, Liv, we should probably talk about what describes our week. We absolutely should. What describes my week is pretty boring, but like Sunday core, like TikTok oh, yeah. Sunday core, um, reset, recuperating. Yes. I'm really talking about... Reset. I'm talking about the weekend. Yes. I'm talking about... We had a long weekend here in Aotearoa, which was fantastic. It sucked for me, but we'll get oh, to yeah. that. Oh, yeah. It to really that. sucked for Luce. It was great for me. I put up a gallery wall. I properly cleaned my room, like, you know, with the spray and yeah. cleaned my mirrors. All of that good shit got my life organized. And now I'm feeling fresh and ready to go after a jam-packed roadie. Yeah. So feeling good. Luce, I think your weekend was a little different to mine. Honestly, and it is dramatic, but my weekend sucked because came back from the roadie obviously exhausted but also on a bit of a high Mm. straight back Friday night got in got home at like 9 p.m and then the rest of the weekend was just moving out so my I think I've used this before but my what describes my week is Billy Joel's song moving out which is also like one of my favorite songs of all time yeah and it's kind of hilarious that you can use that more than once Like, the last few months, like, what do you like, where mean? else did I move? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, maybe I haven't used it before. The listeners will actually not be. No, I think you. you have. You definitely yeah. have. Um, so anyway, I'm not going to bang on about it, I say, before I probably go on, like, a 30-minute <laughs> monologue about it. No, but, you know, when you're moving out, and it's fine when it's just you and your mm-hmm. room, and it's your things, and you're leaving. And one of my biggest pet peeves is having to be in charge of or being, like, people relying on you to look after shit that's not yours. Like, Mm. I like to have my own things sorted out and, like, the things in the flat. So we were moving out of our whole house, which I've never done before, moved an entire house. I've always just did rooms. In Church Street, it was... Sort of Church Street, we did it bit by bit. Yeah, They're acting like they know what. Church no, Church Street Street's me and Liv's old uni flat. It's like six sixty, but for us, yeah, six sixty Castle Street is our four D, five D, 
5D, 5D Church, Church Street. Street. Um, and that was like, we didn't have much shit either. It was a tiny apartment. But this one is like Hayden and Tom, the two boys in our flat, just had shit all over the house, right? Mm. They have their PCs. They have every like VR fucking metaverse thing you could ever imagine. So, like golfs, fishing stuff, camping stuff, like skateboards, tennis All the stuff, activities. All the activities that honestly was probably used, except for the gaming stuff, used like once or mm. twice. And so Flo and I, sorry, this is a bit of a rant. Flo and I had like packed up our stuff. I'd done it before we went on the roadie. Yeah. I'd grabbed all my stuff from the kitchen, my monitors, everything from upstairs so that I could move it out into a storage unit because as you've all heard, because you all read the newsletter, no one has rented no one has accepted me, Flo and Hayden, to have a home. And now Lucy is a walking storage unit advocate. Yes. Oh, Billboard, no. everything, Honestly. fucking podcast in my ear, storage <laughs> unit, storage unit, storage unit. Flo told me to get to, because I've moved in with Ruby and Liv just for the next few weeks while I'm trying to find a house. And Flo was like, you need to tell Liv about storage <laughs> units. Because we spent the whole weekend in and out of the storage unit. So easy, so clean. Like, huge elevators, lots of trolleys to play on. Yeah, what, like, what is this? Lots of trolleys to play like, on thing. Huge like, trolleys. <laughs> why do you want to play on well, trolleys? Like, you know, like, you're not meant to. But on the way down when it's empty, like, pushing each other. <laughs> I don't know. It was really... It's just a fun experience all round. It was really just trying to find the best in, like, what was a really annoying weekend mm. so anyway the boys were actually amazing obviously they were moving all this shit and yeah. doing all the heavy they just stuff. had a lot of it they just had so much yeah. stuff and like your house is big yeah and like an old house where like cobwebs and shit yeah like they it, are everywhere yeah it was mm. just a lot and i think because we had the long weekend and it dragged out over three days and i was seeing everyone like in the sun, going for walks, having drinks in the sun, going to the beach. It was like the first weekend where it felt like summer. And that was the first time. You know how I don't get FOMO? Yeah. That was the first time, like in a while, that I properly got FOMO. Oh, no. Did you get FOMO of us going to the market? No. Oh. Because, oh, because I was moving my shit to a storage unit. Yeah. I can't buy anything. Yeah, my car's packed, so the storage true. unit's packed. Like I'm living out of a suitcase for the like foreseeable. Anyway. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was my weekend. It was really good. And this is just, oh my god, this nah, is like our so therapy. Fair. It is. It's like when these things happen, you just have to get it off your chest. Because moving, especially moving out, I find yeah. is the most frustrating thing. Moving into me, yeah, I really like that's because it's fun. like fresh start. You're finding your new furniture. You're like yes. interior decorating, but moving out fucking sucks. And I do agree. When you have nowhere to move into, oh. so you know you're about to do this all again, like so, out of the yes. unit, and so but my actual life, like your life, Lucy. Someone give me a house. I mean, listen to this, and you can hear the desperation in my voice, which I can hear, and it's embarrassing. Please, you're finding it more difficult than we did in uni when we had no flooding experience. That's what Flo said. It's wild. Like we aren't students. We can pay rent. Yeah. We have, you know, like you have great references. We've got credentials coming through the roof. <laughs> Honestly, um, so and we take really good care of the houses that we live in. So landlords, if you're out there listening, give us a house. But anyway, live. I'm going to start off with a wee naughty or nice. Please do. Um, first of all, actually, this can be naughty or nice. Have you listened to Midnight's by Taylor Swift? I have listened to it. Okay, I. Was listening to it and I was doing other things and I was sort of zoning yeah. in and out, so I don't feel like I can fully give an opinion yeah. yet. That's fine because I feel like I'm still making my opinion, but I yeah. did want to bring it up because Taylor Swift, of love course. her. Now, 
this was there's actually a line in in Antihero, very mm. popular line already. That's like, "I'm the problem, it's me." And yeah. with this album, I think it's a good album, but I think it's not for me. Like, okay. I think I'm the problem because I love her country stuff. I love Red. Yeah, I love Fearless Speak Now. I love Folklore and Evermore. I loved Folklore and Evermore. This is nothing like. Any of them. Yeah. This is like the people that love Lover and Reputation and 1989. Yeah. And so I can see that this is an album that people will adore. It's not her best, but it's like there's some bangers on there. Midnight Rain is fucking incredible. Yeah. But for me, it's not like my. It's not your vibe. So, Luce, what's the kind of. I haven't really been looking online about how people are receiving it. What's the vibe? So, the internet. Is loving it. And okay. and Taylor Swift, like, she's the queen of build-ups. Yeah. It has bops on it. Like, Karma is so fucking good. Some of the songs on it are so, so, so good. Like, it's an amazing album. Yeah. Just as a side note, I think it's hard for me because I've just come in, like, to a 1975 obsession. Mm. Like, pure, full-blown obsession. And their latest album, Being Funny in a Foreign Language, I think is, like, the album of the year. Like, it's Fucking incredible. So then from, I wanted to be listening to that rather than Right, Taylor. and so, so it again, almost I'm felt like a chore to listen to. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I actually listened to Funny in a Foreign Language yeah. on the flight coming back from the roadie. Yeah. And really good. But again, like, I, I'm someone like I need time. Yes. Like, I, yeah. I really struggle to kind of, like, make an opinion straight away. Yeah. Um, especially when I listen to an album straight through because – you know when you first listen and it all just sounds the yes. same? That's what I'm finding with both of these albums. Oh, so I need to yeah. sit and soak it in. But Totally. And I think one last thing that I'll say that I got a lot of responses in the newsletter about this morning. And I just wanted to have a really quick chat about mm-hmm. it. Um, and content warning, um, I'm going to be talking about eating disorders and mental health. So mm-hmm. if you want to skip past like a minute, feel free to. But lots of people said to me... Um, are you going to talk about Taylor being fat phobic in her anti-hero video? And so in the anti-hero music video, have you seen it? No, I did see it came up on YouTube, but yeah. Yeah, and I think there's been a lot of discourse about this one part in particular. One of the lines is, um, I'll stare directly at the sun, but never in the mirror. Uh And it's like her, that's in the chorus, and it's her, essentially, I mean, I'm not going to put words in her mouth, but to me, the song is kind of, a lot of it's about how she grew up, like, not liking herself and she had an eating disorder and so there's a there's a part of the music video where she stands on a scale and like quite a cliched yeah. thing to do stands on a scale and it says fat and a lot of people I've seen have st- been bandwagoning on TikTok about how that's fat phobic and like again I'm not the arbiter of truth on these things but to me if you have an eating disorder, that's an incredibly personal thing. It's about how you're seeing yourself. Mm-hmm. So for her to portray that in the music video like that is because that's how she saw herself when she looked in the mirror. It's not saying that her at the weight she is now or anything is fat by definition. But I think I've seen a lot of people online just coming for her about it and not seeing the personal side. Yeah, I agree. I think you like eating disorders are big thing that happened to a lot of people yeah. and we should be able to discuss them through art and represent them yes and I think that that is quite like that's misunderstanding the intention it's or not, maybe not even looking like trying to not see her intention yeah no exactly I think that you need to give people space to express things that aren't now the politically correct way of like 
viewing something because that's the thing. Like when you have an eating disorder, your brain is disordered like with how you view yourself and your body. So that's allowed to be expressed. You can't really come at someone. I mean, it's probably because she said the word fat. Yes. But it's like back when she was experiencing that, that's what the reality was of that day or like that was the way she was thinking. And that was probably how the tabloids were like describing her. So that, you know, I, I imagine... Like, I mean, I can't imagine them describing her like that, but the tabloids, you never fucking know. Yeah. And so that's what's ingrained in her head as when she was obviously feeling this way, something to be avoided. Yeah. It's not saying that, like, now she thinks, whoa, that's the worst thing a person could possibly be. It's no. that, you know, she wrote this album through a bunch of different midnights in her life. We don't know the time this was written as well. And I agree with you. I was speaking to Rubes about this in the car on the way here is that, your art is for you to express yourself. Yes, it shouldn't be hurtful, but if you look at her intention, she's spoken in Miss Americana about her struggles with eating and how she's perceived. Mm. An anti-hero is about, like, you know, feeling like you're not the hero, you're the anti-hero, you're not, like, good enough or people want you to fail. Or And, like, maybe it's interesting to see that now, you know, back probably 10 years ago or when we were in high school, Lewis, if that came, that shit was everywhere, right, mm. when you stood on the scale and it was like, yeah. you know, on you're, Tumblr, not, you're not good enough. Yeah. yeah, that whole Tumblr era. And, like, now the juxtaposition between how we're reacting to it in this day and age where body positivity is this huge thing, which is amazing um it's almost nice to feel like that's really uncomfortable because before we wouldn't have even we wouldn't have even thought about it we were like yeah like we care about whether we are fat or not like whereas now it's like we don't want to care anymore why are you putting this into the zeitgeist but it's still a valid thing because people struggle with it to this day you can't eradicate that and she obviously does yeah and then i mean it's i see a hundred percent where people that are upset by this are coming from Mm. totally see it i just think if you dig one layer deeper and look at where taylor was coming from yeah that's the conversation sort of moves beyond TikTok. Yeah, I or think shit. that's that's quite a surface analysis, yeah. right? Like it's it's a very and it's going to get clicks and it's going to get views on TikTok and it's going to get comments. Yes, and it's this whole thing of like the social outcry of like these things that people haven't actually thought much about because it goes against the like social yeah. thought of yeah. this moment. Yeah, but I just wanted to touch on that because it really worries me sometimes when I see things going really really viral mm. that. Like, we come out of it and, like, can sort of see both sides or see past that. But I just, you know, some young people are maybe just on TikTok and listening to this podcast. And it's like, if we can offer maybe an explanation or a bit of an extra point of view, um, I just thought that might be helpful. But anyway, nice because it's a nice album and, like, nice for her that she's got something new. Yeah, and I'm excited to actually dive into it and hopefully get hooked. Oh, my God, and there are some banks. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
is my next naughty or nice is actually really interesting and it goes from kind of naughty to nice and I wrote about it in the newsletter today so if you've read the newsletter then it's not that new but um Liv do you know about the when we were young festival no do you remember we were going to cover it on culture vulture it was the festival that everyone thought was going to be a scam like another five oh my god festival. oh yeah 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 it was the like blink 182 yes, Green Day. the super grunge sort yeah. of like emo millennial poppy. thing yeah. yeah and so that turns out it wasn't a scam it, t- it got turned into a three-day festival in las vegas that happened over the weekend with like these huge acts yeah right? huge acts like it was gonna be i think headlined by paramore and blink yeah. 182 paramore dipped out and then Green Day took over, which would also be fucking sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and so over the weekend, yeah, that happened. And the first day of it, an hour before it started, it got cancelled. Or the first day got cancelled, I should say. Because not because of like, you know, trendy firefest things, but because of like high, high wind. Oh, okay. So, so uh, but it's like for for a festival that people already thought was giving Firefest, when I saw these headlines pop up and um, when I hadn't read through them properly, I was like, oh, fuck, it's another disaster. Yeah. But then I was like, no, only day one was cancelled and only because of high wind. And we're all about safety first. And- yeah, totally. But, but people are going to read this and as – as you said, like when you first read it, yeah. you like skim through it and you're like, haha, fuck, like yeah. that is a scam. And so people are probably going to think that even more now. I know. But, but a shame for the festival, but. Yeah. And so, I mean, if you've seen the Woodstock documentary on Netflix or if you've been following what happened at Astro World, obviously, safety first at festivals and they'll be hyper aware, the organisers of that. So fair enough that they cancelled, people got refunds, whatever. Um, but then something really cool happened. So the bands that were meant to play that day, they ended up finding little venues or finding random venues around Las Vegas and doing pop-up shows that night and kind of like trying to do it so it was one and then you could go to the next and then the next. So Red Jumpsuit Apparatus and Hawthorne Heights put on a free concert in a casino for oh, anyone to go to. That's fucking sick. The All-American Rejects also had a free show at Soul Belly Barbecue. Um, a whole bunch of other people played a free show at a place called The Sand Dollar, Bring Me the Horizon, teamed up with Knocked Loose and Landon Barker. They did a show. And then all these other people like went to other bars and did these different shows. Some of them were like cheap ticket vibes. Some yeah. of them were free. And I just thought that is a nice part. That oh, is so fucking cool. That's so sick. I reckon like if I were ever in a famous band, that would be the coolest thing yes. to do is just like go around and have these tiny little venues you don't tell anyone yeah. and whoever has like been tipped off can come in. I think that's so fun yes. and like for free. That's so sick. Someone tweeted this, which I'm just going to read out because I really agree with it. Do people understand there's like 50 of today's greatest emo bands of all time scattered in Las Vegas right now? Quick quickly booking random pop-up intimate shows for tonight only and simply walking around with thousands of eager fans. My God, when we were young, fest got better. Oh, it's like that yeah. is a cooler experience than being like fucking squished up in a mosh. Oh, 100%. Like imagine if you were just walking past a bar and like there's fucking Blink-182. No, like, like sorry, imagine. So Like you're cool. walking past a casino or you're walking past somewhere, it gives you hell's playing by All American Rejects. It's free. You walk in. Best night of your life. Literally. <laughs> so oh. anyway, um, that was just kind of a nice story. That's a that really nice story. I felt That's like. And clearing awesome. up that when we were young, fest isn't a scam. 
Yeah. What Not the a scam, fuck? everyone. Because that just blew the fuck up. Yeah, I know. Liv, let's get into the main part of today's episode because I'm really interested in this and I want you to describe it to me and the listeners. BTS plus the military. Mm-hmm. What do heck is going on? Honestly, what the heck is going on? <laughs> to be honest, like before this episode, I really have never known that much about BTS. I've not really followed them. You kind of have. Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm have i obsessed with their fandom. Yeah. I think they've done some fucking cool things. Um, also, as with everyone, everything, there's some bad parts of the fandom as well. Mm. But... I just think, I mean, I'm fascinated by that shit. And also, just BTS, so cute. Just got real into watching videos of them and, like, they just, ugh, I just love them. Just wholesome vibes. Yeah. Yeah, so it was actually really interesting going and just, like, reading a bit about them. So I'm just going to go through. And for those of you, I know that m- nearly everyone knows, like, who BTS are. But a lot of people might be like me and be yes. like, okay, like, but where do they come from? Like, yeah. what the fuck is going on? Yeah. So who are BTS? So BTS are a South Korean boy band that were actually formed in 2010, mm. which is wild thinking that that was 12 years ago and the oldest member now is 28. Mm-hmm. So what? They started when they were like early teenagers. And like, weren't they manufactured? Yeah, totally manufactured. So they st- they formed in 2010, but then they launched in 2013. Christ, so three years of like... Of military training. Basically to- training, yeah. So what's really interesting about like the Japanese and Korean sort of like music scene is that they used to create or they they still do create, but this started in the 90s, idol groups. Mm. So they would kind of like what they've done with BTS, but BTS is different, which I'll go into, but they would you know, make these idol groups of these perfect, perfect performers. and But what they would do is, like, iron out all their personalities so it would just be, like, meticulously done. Like, there's the bad boy, there's the blah, blah, there's the funny guy. And exactly. Like, none and none of you are going to say anything off yes, the wall. and none of you are allowed to have personal lives. Yes. And we're going to style you, we're going to write your lyrics. They're basically just, like, dolls for yep. these management to create and to make money out of, right? So the founder of BTS saw this and he was like, I want to do this differently. Like, I can see that having real, genuine, like, sincere people will actually get fans way more invested because, as we all know now, we love, you know, we love authenticity, we love people with flaws, we love all of that good shit. So this guy that created BTS kind of still meticulously created the band, but he allowed, like, this personality to filter through, which was never really done before. And so I think that it was kind of, like, the key to BTS's success. And so as of this year, 2022, as you all know, BTS are the best-selling artists in South Korean history. Yeah. So they're just, like, fucking huge. Um, (laughs) They're just, like... Fucking huge. There is no other huge. way of describing BTS. Like yeah. any record you could think of, the BTS army will smash it just because yeah. they want to, and they're amazing at organizing as well. Absolutely wild. It shows what people do when they come together and they oh, have yeah. like this common love. Yeah. Um, it's nice for it to be a common love. Often you see people coming together online for a common hatred I or a know. common distrust. I know. Common love, we love. We love. We love that. So. Basically, they're back in the media at the moment. I mean, they're pretty much always in the media, but they're really very much in the media right now because they are taking a hiatus to complete their required military service. And so they're planning to have a reunion in 2025. So the news was that they were breaking up 
and then the oldest guy, Jin, was going solo, and then people were kind of having this national debate as to whether they should be required to complete the mandatory military service that South Korean men have to do. So basically in Korea, any able-bodied man under 30 has to enlist by the time they're 28 to do 18 months to two years of military service. And this is because they're trying to maintain the country's ability to defend themselves against North Korea if they were to ever... Well, because they're technically still at war, North Korea right. and South Korea. So South Korea n- almost need to have this for peace of mind and for North Korea to know that they're sort of ready. And this isn't um, like an uncommon thing to mm. do some mandatory military service. I think to people that – I mean, I studied international relations, so I was sort of aware of other places this happened. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a unique way of doing things, but – I reckon when lots of people read these headlines and for the first time learn about this, it would be like shocking. Yeah, to be they're like, going to be like, you have to be in the military for two years. Yeah, that's um, kind of that's how I felt when yeah. I read it. But then I did sort of think about it and thought, yeah, this like is... Singapore and, and it happens in other places mm. too. But um, and maybe it is. I mean, I don't know if that's the way I do things. It is shocking but yeah. to me because i'd sat with it for a few years when i heard this i'd kind of expected it some people may not have. and the politics are just so different in those countries oh, hell yeah. it's like a totally different ball game and yeah so basically some south koreans have received exemptions or they've been allowed to do an alternate public service um often kind of olympians and a few classical musicians and dancers so the bts fans were really kind of wanting for BTS to be exempt exempt from doing the military service. Um, and usually refusing to complete the military service is actually a crime in South Korea and you can be imprisoned or have major social stigma around you. So, like, there are definitely consequences mm. for them not doing it. And so basically what happened was that when... In 2020, BTS were having huge success, especially with their song Dynamite. Mm -hmm. Um, And this actually prompted Korean lawmakers to introduce a bill which basically carved out an idol-shaped exemption to the military in the Military Service Act. So what Mm. they were saying is, like, if you're kind of an idol part of this group, obviously very much with BTS in mind because this was when Jin, the oldest member, was turning 28. So they were like, fuck, we've got to do something about this. Because Um, BTS, to be clear, everyone, is bringing so much money into the country. So much money into South Korea. They are contributing over $3.6 billion to South Korea. South Korea's economy each year. Um, this was as of 2018. So this is fucking huge, right? Yeah, and it's and it's kind of, I mean, we're going to probably, oh, I don't know if we're going to get into this, but ideologically it kind of fits with our don't shit on stands thing because it's like, okay, if Olympians and, thing, Olympians mm. and classical music people can get exemptions, then what is it that makes, because it's not the money thing. I'm sure BTS is bringing in way more money. What is it that makes... BTS not exempt. Yeah. Is it just because you think their job is less important or they're less respectable because they're K-pop idols as opposed to classical musicians? Totally. That is the thing. 
Or is it that you've got this whole group of young men that are constantly in the media, so they want to set the president? Like, you know, they could use them as role models to do the military True. service. And do they not want all these young boys now just wanting to grow up and be idle so they can get exempt from the military service? Exactly, to see it as this way out. I don't know. Wow. But basically this act that was put in two years ago allowed the military service to be postponed until the age of 30. So it was oh. pushing it back two years. Postponing, not exempting. Not exempting. So, yeah, basically what happened then was that they were like, okay, because of BTS and because this guy was – I think it's probably because BTS was at the peak and yeah. they were bringing in so much money in the years of, like, 2018, 2019, 2020 was just, like, huge for them. Mm. So they were like, okay, we need a few more years of, of this, this money. amount of money, of these – billions and billions of dollars coming in so we're gonna let them take two more years in their career keep making us money keep making us money it's all god oh, yeah all weird. but basically that happened and then there was this nationwide debate as to whether they were going to be fully exempt but in the recent months it has come out that no they are not going to be exempt and that yes they are breaking up and they are going to do their military service, and then hopefully come back together. So all seven members must do it. And did they make this decision to do it now and almost be like, we're going to do it now because we don't want you to keep making money off of us for these next few years and we'd rather just do I it? I feel like it was actually the company that like yeah. – Oh, yeah. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I Probably. I yeah. mean, they're probably like, okay, well, we have to do it now yeah. because Jen's – Oh, yeah. You know – older and then they're like we could just get everyone to do it out of the way and then we can come back together and continue to make money and almost as a little bit of a like the little control we have like you want us to keep making money like let's not do the thing that you want and go and serve now and yeah yeah i know what you mean they must feel very conflicted it's this conflicting thing of like their own power and what they contribute to the korean economy but then the power that the Korean government has over them to be like, right, well, now you're just stopping. Yeah. And you're having to do this thing because everyone has to do it and it would serve, it would set a really bad precedent if you didn't. What do you think um, in terms of other people being exempt and then BTS not being exempt regardless, I mean, despite probably bringing in way more money for the economy? Yeah, I do find it interesting. That is that question of is pop culture seen as a lesser I mean, thing. that's how I see it, but that's because that's the lens I see the world because yeah. we do this as a job. Fandom is at the heart of a lot of what we do, and I don't expect everyone to see it like that. But in my head, I'm like, what's the real reason? I know, like, setting a precedent mm. is important, but why are you using K-pop as the example? Like, Do you think it's because they have a young audience? Yeah. So it's like all of these people that are watching them are yet to do their military service. So it could almost cause, maybe in their heads, like the government's heads, it's like this could cause an uprising. I think that is a really good point. Yeah, because it's like if they don't do it, why should I? I'm seeing some things on TikTok, um, few and far between, still there regardless, of young people being like, no, this is great that they're going to do this. Like, Mm. it's their decision and, you know, they're going to go serve their country. And almost like, I don't want to see a whole bunch of, like, military stands just because... nationalistic kind of shit going on because I know... Because BTS are now serving and BTS stands love them to death, but they will stick by whatever 
they decide to do. Yeah, whatever it's, BTS. It's almost are doing. scary yeah. the control that BTS have over their fandom. Even though they're not trying to. No, they're not trying to, but then it's like who is pulling the strings? Yeah. Like is now the Korean government is taking over kind of what BTS are doing. Yeah. It is a little yeah, scary because it can be like, okay, well, they're going to the military. I want to dedicate my whole life to the military yes. because that's what BTS are doing. Well, have you seen that Simpsons episode? That's with the party yes. posse and they sing Eva Netanyahu. Yes, and subconscious. Yes. And I've just put it's two the two same together. Thing. It's giving the party posse. Like, that is the same thing. Holy shit. Oh my shit. god. Like I'm low-key thinking I should write about this. Yeah, I somehow. think there is a total parallel between well, between that. I wonder if anyone else, someone else has probably thought of that, but mark my words, I thought of that on this podcast for yeah. us. <laughs> no, I don't. didn't read that elsewhere. Neither did Love I Hope. Authentic content authentic. right here. Um, so Wow, Love. Yeah, honestly, there's not been a whole lot more reported on it. It's basically all just saying, like, yes, this is happening. They're going to serve in the military. Yeah. Um, but we'll keep you updated as to whether totally. there's some like good opinion pieces coming out. And I think this conversation has been really like enlightening for me in terms of who pulls the strings, why other people are exempt. There's so many other- the power of pop culture, and then the power of the military over, or the government. Yeah, over and the everything. way that polit- politics and pop culture can kind of intertwine. Yeah. and have major power, wield such power over people. And it's people. called soft power. I remember learning about this and it was like hard power, obviously, feet on the ground, blah, blah, blah. Soft power is all about agenda setting and like the people, the culture and the people. And I'm like, damn, they're frightened, I think, of yeah. BTS's soft power. It's like the Winds of Change podcast. Yes. Oh, so good. If so you're interested in this shit, go and listen to that. Go and listen to Winds of Change. But yeah, so really fucking interesting. Wow. Also because... They the whole thing about how we're talking about that BTS let their personalities shine through. And so it's almost like with what we do in Cisco, right? Like people see your personality on the Instagram and they feel like they're on the same level as you and it's accessible. And so with BTS, like the fans probably feel on a similar level to BTS because they're like, you're a real person and I can connect with you. And then this makes it even more powerful because when you've got like the Olympians, maybe that's the thing. Like if the Olympian goes to the military it's not quite the same like influence yeah. that they have yeah I don't the gravity know. of it's completely different mm-hmm. oh it's actually just so interesting aside from maybe going and watching some bts performances because they are actually amazing what is on your radar this week well i went and i watched the luckiest girl alive yep i thought it was good so did i yeah i did think it was good it wasn't like the best thing i've ever no. seen it was like Streaming service good, not yes. box office good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's so that. I thought Mila Kunis was good. Oh, yeah. Um, I really, it was so interesting how you just start off. She's such an unlikable character at yes. the start. And then they give the kind of yes. reason as to why she is like she is. Yeah. Very much gave me Promising Young Woman vibes. Yeah. Um, so that is what I did go and yeah. actually watch after my recommendation last week. This week I'm reading The Rosie Project. I know oh. that this has been a super popular book, but I've never read it. I've read the first one. I didn't go into the next two. Oh, are there two? Is it a series? I think there's three. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I remember liking it. It wasn't like life changing for me. No. Which is... Honestly, I'm like a sieve, so I wouldn't even, like, if I liked it, then it was probably really good at the yeah, time. Yeah, it, it is good. Like, I'm only a few chapters through, 
And I do love the way that it's written. It's really quite funny because for those of you who don't know, it's from the perspective of someone with Asperger's, I believe. And just the way that he thinks about the world is so interesting because it's so rationally correct that like... It's just really funny. They've managed to get a lot of humor, but in not in a way where you're laughing at him. Yeah. It's like, it's refreshing. Yes. I don't know. But I think if I read it again now, when because I read it when I was, like, young. Yeah. Because that sounds fucking good. So sorry for the review I just gave. <laughs> no, it, it is seeming really good so far. I'll let you know how I go. Loose, what's on your radar? On my radar this week is... So, Liv, do you remember last year when we watched The White Lotus? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course. During yeah. during lockdown. Um, and we actually recorded a whole fucking podcast episode. Such a fucking good show. It was, yeah, it's such a good show and such a good podcast episode because we unpacked everything. Do such you a good show to analyze. Didn't we find that? We yes. were like, yeah, we enjoyed watching it. But then when we went and talked about it and kind of uncovered because there's so much shit behind yeah. it. Like when you look at, like, into what it, Mike White, the director, said, like, there's something about vacationing in someone else's reality. Mm-hmm. And that encapsulates the whole of season one. Anyway, Liv. Season two is coming out on October the 31st. Yes. So I'm really excited to watch that because this one's set in Italy and apparently it's like more sinister. So, Oh my God. You wonder kind of how because oh, yeah, it I was know. pretty fucking sinister. Yeah, I know. Um, oh, I'm so excited about that. I've actually been following, you know, like on Vulture when it's like yeah. what's coming up and it's yeah. like season two, White Lotus, can't wait. Yeah. So it'll be on Neon, everyone. You know, we've talked about Neon a million times, but um, that's where we'll be watching it. And Amazing. Honestly, can't fucking wait. So good. Also... Another thing that's on my radar is the Arctic Monkeys' new album. I've listened. Yeah, what did you think? Again, the 1975 have ruined... Like, it's really unfortunate because on the same sort of, like, month or a few weeks, 1975, Arctic Monkeys, Carly Rae Jepsen, Taylor Swift, 1975 has just... Blown, blown everything out else out of the, out of the water. But that's okay. That's yeah. an enjoyable place to yes. be. Like, I haven't felt like that for a while. Yeah. Like, that obsession. Yes. Well, to be honest, I'm not a particularly obsessive person. And I am. And but you more are. so than you. Like, this is giving One Direction when I was 15 years yeah. old the amount of obsession I have for the unhinged character of Maddie Healy. So, do you think you have a Maddie Healy obsession? Or a 1975 obsession. Maddie Healy. Yeah. Because he writes all the music. Or, or he writes all the lyrics, basically. And he's just And he's like, a front man. And, he and he's the best front man I've ever fucking seen. Sorry, Harry Styles, but you weren't really a One Direction. Liam Payne tried to be. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, love, sorry. Arctic Monkeys. Arctic Monkeys. I need to listen to it. I only just the other night looked at what the lead singer of the Arctic Monkeys looks like. Oh, really? He's really hot. He's really young looking. And how does that voice come out of that man? No, I know. Because now he's way more yeah. kind of unkempt. Yeah. He used to be that slick yes. back vibe. Um, he used to have like also like quite short crew cut hair at one yeah. point. And like, it's like Peaky Blinders vibes. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But how does he sing like that? Oh, his voice is fucking incredible. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, um, we digress. <laughs> another <laughs> obsession is coming out. No, Fucking Alex, what's his name? Alex Turner. Alex but Turner. I only just Googled him two nights ago. Like, I had no <laughs> idea who the fuck the man was. And he's got solo shit, so oh. I've got to listen to that. Oh, my God. Too much, too much for all of too us. Much. Anyway, team, speaking of too much, we've probably given you a bit too much of this podcast to digest. It's been wonderful being back with oh, you. Oh, so good being back in the studio. You realise how much, like... 
work that takes off of us to just come and sit down, chat. And have Jane Yee, have Jane producer Yee. to the stars, Honestly, producing us. So Actually, she hasn't listened good. to a single thing we fucking said. <laughs> and she's told me off a few times today, fairly <laughs> enough, because I have Lucy naughty. came in as a sassy, sassy woman this morning. Sasquatch. Oh, anyway, love, thanks for joining us. Always, Lewis, always. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.